slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you can join us today. Rough night for the Islanders last night. They fall to the Washington Capitals by a final score of 3-1 to one to end their nine-game winning streak. And we will talk about what the Islanders did wrong during parts of this game that really ended up costing them in the end a game they could have won but really didn't deserve to. Don't forget that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download, and we'll be having our first Locker Room show coming up tonight at 8.30 p.m., so please try to join us for that. Just download the Locker Room app on the iOS store, and you can join us for that tonight. We'll do one show a week for the foreseeable future. So, rough day for the Islanders. We'll break that down. We'll talk about the game. Three games coming up against the Flyers to discuss. And, of course, we will be talking more uh, about how the Islanders can get uh, by without Anders Lee. It's going to be an issue, folks. And I think last night was indicative of that. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more still to come. If there's something Islanders-related on your mind, you've got a question for us, a a topic you'd like us to discuss, or uh, a question that you'd like answered, please feel free to email the show, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am always tweeting during nearly every Islanders game. So uh, if you want some instant analysis, follow me on Twitter, and we'll keep you up to date on that. 3-1 loss in Washington, and a few things come to mind when, when I try to analyze this game. Uh, one of them, and it certainly was frustrating to say the least, was that the Islanders took a lot of silly penalties in this game. Penalties that were unnecessary and led directly to Capitals goals. The first one that definitely, you know, comes into my mind uh, was the Matthew Barzal cross-checking penalty. And the Barzal cross-checking penalty leads directly to the goal by Alexander Ovechkin on that ensuing power play. And it was one of those situations where, yeah, you know, Barzal had a legitimate beef that 
Nick Jensen was all over him and possibly could have been called for interference on the play, but to then make a flagrant cross-check against Jensen and leave your team already down one nothing at that point and let them be shorthanded, that ended up really changing the complexion of the game and it hurt the team. The second penalty that clearly hurt the Islanders at the end of the second period. Scott Mayfield called for roughing. He went after Richard Panic again. Uh, not to say that Mayfield didn't have a legitimate gripe uh, or a reason to go after Richard Panic, but in that situation, you have to make sure that the penalties are either matching or that you don't take a penalty alone. And unfortunately, Mayfield dropped the gloves. Panic did not. And you go into the third period, another power play for the Capitals. Nicholas Backstrom cashes in with an easy tap-in goal. Can't blame Varlamov for that one for sure. But at the end of the day, those two foolish penalties really ended up hurting the Islanders and that the two goals that the Capitals scored from those two foolish penalties, that's the difference in the game. The final score in this one, three to one, and you can't really do that uh, and expect to win against very good teams like the Washington Capitals. I would add a third penalty to this to the foolish uh, penalty list, and that one uh, was the penalty by Sebastian Ajo, a holding call early in the third period. And why? Because the Islanders had just gotten on the board. It had just gone from 3 nothing to 3-1. to one. And all of a sudden, you know, you're only down by two goals. You've got a spark after the Wallstrom goal on the power play. And here's a chance to get back into the game and, you know, what was it, 15 seconds after the goal? Uh, all of a sudden, Ajo takes, again, a, a flagrant and foolish holding penalty. And while the Capitals did not score on the power play, it disrupted the Islanders' momentum, as did Samsonov's decision to uh, fix his pad straps for the second time in the first five minutes of the third period. But the Ajo penalty really disrupted the Islanders' momentum and prevented them from getting back into the game at, you know, while they still had plenty of time. I mean, there was 15 and a half minutes left in the third period, and you're down by two goals, but all of a sudden you got to kill a penalty that takes two minutes off the clock, ruins the lines that you want to roll out there to try to create something and breaks up the momentum that the Islanders may have had after scoring the goals. So those three penalties in particular were very damaging to the New York Islanders in last night's loss, and it really was uh, disappointing that they took these kind of emotional penalties that usually you don't see from a Barry Trotz coached team. We're going to discuss a couple of other issues from last night's game and and why they are causes for concern over the long haul. We've got that, our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a whole lot more still to come 
on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, Islanders fans, wanted to tell you about the Locker Room app. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use, and you can talk to me, other Islander fans, athletes, and insiders all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news, and you can share your own experiences on the app. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games with other fans, and react to the biggest news, rumors, and anything else that's happening in the sports world. I'll be hosting a room this evening, Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m., so come through, join the app, sign up, and talk with me and other Islander fans live as we uh, talk about the Anders Lee injury situation and the Islanders as they get set to battle the Flyers in three straight games. So, come with your spiciest takes. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Gil Martin to be notified when my room goes live. That's the Locker Room app, downloaded today on iOS. We've been talking about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber protein bar, and it's amazing-tasting, and you get 100% chocolate on all bars. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's time for Built Bar Madness. In today's lineup, Caramel Brownie going up against double chocolate in what promises to be a very, very difficult and close match. I mean, look, caramel brownie, the smoothness and the sweetness of the caramel adds to the to the nuts and the chocolate with the brownie. I mean, that is one of the greatest combinations going. Or double chocolate. I mean, the richness, the the sweetness, the taste this one is going to be close. Now, if you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter, go to at Built underscore Bar. Remember now, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Once again, that is LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar ever. Islander fans, we're covering everything you need to know about the Isles, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, some more concerns I had about last night's performance. And one of them is this. This Islanders team, you know, they didn't play terrible hockey. Let's get that much out of the way. And if you're going up against a struggling team, and they've played a lot of them recently in the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils, teams that, uh, you know, have been dealing with injuries, with COVID, with layoffs, that, that teams that are not in contention right now. You might be able to win a number of games playing the way the Islanders did tonight against that kind of competition, but go up against the Capitals, the Penguins, the Flyers, the Bruins, you got to play better than they did. And 
you know, in the first period, the Islanders came out. They had some good scoring chances, 11 shots on goal in that period. And Samsonov came up big for Washington. But after that, in the second two periods of the game, the final 40 minutes, the Islanders only had another 11 shots on goal total. And really what we saw was very un-Islanders-like. The forecheck was not there. And one of the ways the Islanders beat you is to dump the puck in, go get it, battle for it in the corners, forecheck you to death, cause turnovers, and then take advantage of it. Well, that forecheck that is such an integral part of the Barry Trotz system just wasn't there consistently, especially in the final 40 minutes of the game. And the result, as you could see, was that you did not have as many scoring opportunities as you did before. And that clearly was costly to the New York Islanders in this game. And really, the Capitals did a pretty good job of clogging things up and making it tough for the Islanders. Uh, You know, the Capitals had 18 block shots in that game. The Islanders only had nine And a lot of the time, a statistic like block shots is about who's willing to sacrifice more in order to win the hockey game. Usually, the Islanders have more block shots than their opponent. Last night, no, it was the Capitals who seemed to be willing to make those sacrifices more than the Islanders were. And, you know, this team is struggling a bit offensively, and we anticipated that that would be the case with Anders Lee out of the lineup. And this is where my concern really lies, because the Islanders are going to need a lot of players to pick up the slack when you have uh, Anders Lee out of the lineup. And right now, you look at the shots on goal, Brock Nelson, one shot on goal in the game last night. Josh Bailey, one shot on goal. Matthew Barzal, one shot on goal. You're not going to win a lot of hockey games when these three forwards who are all in your top six each have one shot on goal. And I'll add Kiefer Bellows, he also only had one shot on goal. When you got four of your top six forwards totaling four shots on goal in a game, you're not going to win a lot of hockey games. And instead of picking up the slack for the Islanders, these forwards sort of uh, not producing. And then you add to that a situation where Anthony Bevilier, who had three shots on goal, uh, but right now, you know, Bo is just going through a tough time offensively. Anthony Bevilier is, no matter how you slice it, in a slump right now. And Bevilier has gone six games now without a point, seven games without a goal. He only has two goals all season long. And you need more from Anthony Bevilier. Now, in his defense, he did miss some time, uh, hasn't played in all of the team's games, but at the end of the day, 
you need a little bit more production from Anthony Bevilier. And look, he had three shots on goal. He had some decent chances among those three shots. But it's time now, with Anders Lee out of the lineup, that a guy like Anthony Bevilier, who, quite honestly, the Islanders were expecting him to take a bit of a jump in this season to take his game to the sort of level he showed he was capable of in the playoffs last year. Uh, he hasn't done it yet. And it is time for Anthony Bevilier to start converting some of these scoring chances because he has been getting opportunities. But right now you get the feeling he couldn't hit the ocean if he fell out of the boat, as the old expression goes. So, Hopefully, Bo can turn things around because the Islanders need more from some of these forwards. It was great to see Oliver Wallstrom score another goal last night, uh, and that was a good goal scorer's kind of a goal, but the Islanders need more from some of their top six forwards, especially without Anders Lee in the lineup, and you don't want these guys to push or to try to do too much but they do have to deliver what they're supposed to deliver. And so far, uh, you know, some of these top six forwards, you know, Bavillier, Bailey, uh, you know, these guys need to kick it into gear a little bit more and be a little bit more productive offensively in the absence of Anders Lee. Hopefully they will be able to do that. We're going to talk a little bit about Matthew Barzal and some of his struggles, a little controversy in the third period of last night's game uh, involving Barzi, and also we have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The football season may be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and it's almost time for March Madness, so you can definitely take advantage of some great betting opportunities there. BetOnline even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV, or maybe you'd like to use your knowledge of the Islanders and the National Hockey League to make a few dollars on the side. BetOnline gives you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. So it's uh, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we are a day late on this one, but we want to wish a very happy 59th birthday to former Islanders forward and New York native Brian Mullen. Mullen drafted originally by the Winnipeg Jets in the in the seventh round of the 1980 draft after attending the University of Wisconsin, but 
You know what? Brian Mullen is from the Hell's Kitchen area of New York City. Had some 30-goal seasons with the Jets. Went on to play for the Rangers and Sharks before joining the Islanders for his final NHL season in 1992-93. He was part of that magical run to the Eastern Conference Final that year by the Islanders. Had 18 goals and 32 points in 81 games during that 92-93 season. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. It's the Islanders visiting the Tampa Bay Lightning in this one. Islanders have Glenn Healy in between the pipes, while Pat Jablonski was the goaltender for the Bolts on this game. And Brian Mullen opened the scoring at the 3:02 mark, his fourth of the year from Tom Fitzgerald and Uwe Krupp. And it's 1-0 Islanders. Derek King scores five and a half minutes later from Jeff Norton and Pierre Turgeon. And the Islanders led 2-0 after one. In the second period, the Islanders continued their dominance. Ray Ferraro, his ninth from Brad Delgarno at 5.55. And it's 3-0 Islanders. Then Brian Mullen is second of the game. Fifth of the year from Steve Thomas and Tom Curvers made it a 4-0 lead. And then... In the final minute of the second period, Uwe Krupp, his second, assists to Brian Mullen and Tom Fitzgerald. 5-0 Islanders, a third-period goal by Brad Delgarno increased the Islanders' lead, and then Sean Chambers got the bolts on the board with 4.32 left to break up Healy's shutout, but the Islanders win this one going away by a final score of 6-1, and Brian Mullen... Two goals and an assist to pace the Islanders. He had five shots on goal. That also led the Islanders in this one. And Mullen was a plus three. So once again, we wish uh, a very happy 59th birthday one day late to former Islanders forward Brian Mullen. And wish him many, many happy more. So let's talk a little bit about Matthew Barzal and what happened in the third period uh, of the game. And Barzi didn't have his best game, no question about it. We mentioned the foolish penalty that he took. Uh, he also had a bad giveaway that led to a breakaway where, you know, and Barzi does this sometimes. Uh, he is so fast and so good with the puck. He can stick handle around guys a lot of the time with ease, and he had one end-to-end -end rush in the game last night where he reminded me of uh, Hall of Famer Gilbert Perrault, who was so good uh, in the 70s and 80s with the Buffalo Sabres French connection line. But Barzi also had a bad turnover where he held the puck too long, skated with it, went back toward his own blue line while he was in the attack zone, coughed it up, and it led to a breakaway. So you take the foolish penalty and you take the bad giveaway where he just clearly overhandled the puck and, you know, Barry Trotz was not happy and he sent a message to Barzi, benched him for the first roughly eight minutes of the third period and then had him come out and basically play his regular shift for the rest of the game. And look, Barzi finished with 14 minutes and 59 seconds worth of ice time, which was fifth most among Islander forwards in last night's game. 
The problem I have with the move, I understand wanting to send Matthew Barzal a message because of his questionable decision-making and poor play at times during last night's game. But when you're down three to nothing and then three to one, I don't know if benching your top offensive weapon is necessarily the best idea. Now, two minutes of that was penalty kill. Barzy wouldn't have been out on the ice anyway, but there was also power play time. And Barzal was not on the ice during the power play that resulted in the Oliver Wallstrom goal. So, you know, again, I agree with sending a message, but the timing of it could have been better if you're Barry Trotz. And not that it cost them the two points, because it really didn't. Uh, but the timing of that benching, to me, was a little bit questionable when you're desperate for offense. But clearly, you know, you want to get a message across to a young player like Matt Barzal. And when he handles the puck, he is getting better at it. You know, part of it is this. In juniors and in the AHL, you've got more room to maneuver. The players aren't as big. They aren't as fast. And you can make those kind of moves and get away with it 95% of the time. In the NHL, it's a lot harder. And we have seen Matthew Barzal mature and grow over the years, where he used to make those kind of turnovers a lot more often, and now they're a lot less frequent. He is smarter at choosing when he can stick handle and hold on to the puck and deke and lug it for, you know, 10 seconds at a time. But last night, you know, that mistake resulted in the breakaway and it could have really iced the game for the Capitals had the Islanders not gotten a big save from Simeon Varlamov. So the nine-game win streak is over. You knew it wouldn't last forever. Uh, Islanders now behind the Capitals. They're tied in points, but the Capitals still have a game in hand. Three straight games coming up against the Philadelphia Flyers. These will be big and interesting games. And I'll tell you, never a dull moment right now when every game is a divisional game and the standings are as close as they are. We'll be back tomorrow to preview that game. Still no Noah Dobson. He remains on the COVID protocol list. And we'll keep you updated as to when Noah Dobson is able to return to play. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget uh, to join me. Uh, I will tweet out the link to join the locker room chat. It's tonight at 8.30. That's Wednesday night, 8.30 uh, on the locker room app. So if you have an Apple phone, an iPhone, please join us for that. A happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. I hope everyone is enjoying this day and wearing the green. Stay safe, everybody. And of course, let's go Islanders.